You're listening to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. Your host, Jennifer Hofferber, is an award-winning veteran special educator who shares her experience, knowledge, and passion to help other special educators survive and thrive in this profession. Join her and other guests as they share tips and tricks of the trade for the ever-crazy, completely overwhelming, laugh-so-you-don't-cry profession of being a special education teacher. Hey there, and welcome back to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. If you are a special education teacher, you have found the right place. I'm Jennifer, and while children with special needs are my passion, I have also developed a love for teaching teachers as well. My goal is to provide you with applicable information that you can immediately put into action within your own classroom, department, or program. These weekly mini-doses of professional development are perfect for the busy teacher who needs a little boost of motivation to stay in the trenches week after week after week, because this job is not for the faint of heart, and we have to stick together to get through it. So this is Episode 10, Eight Ways to Collaborate with General Education Teachers. If this is your first time here, I am so glad you found us. The podcast is released every Wednesday morning, so make sure you hit subscribe so you can get your weekly reminder, and I'd love for you to join our private Facebook group, Sped Prep Academy. So let's get to today's topic, collaborating with general education teachers. Did you know that you can build a strong and mutually beneficial relationship between special education and general education colleagues using a collaborative teaching approach? Collaborative teaching is the wave of the future and no one benefits more from working as a team than your students. You'll be amazed at how much more you can accomplish for your students when working collaboratively is made a high priority in your building. Historically, teachers have worked in isolation, one teacher to one classroom. As children with disabilities entered the public schools in the 1970s, they were taught in separate classrooms with their own teachers. Over the past 50 years, these students have slowly moved into the flow of the regular classroom. And since then, we've been introduced to the terms of mainstreaming and inclusion. At first, students were mainstreamed for selected subjects or parts of the day. They were not considered part of a typical class. And that was exactly what it looked like when I was in school. The students who were in special education were brought to the classrooms for parties. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. Robert came to our fifth grade class Christmas party with his bag of Oreos in hand and the biggest smile on his face. I didn't understand why Robert didn't get to spend more time with us until I became a special education teacher myself. Now, a dominant philosophy in education is to include all students in the same class, which has brought about teams of general education and special education teachers working collaboratively or cooperatively to combine their professional knowledge, perspectives, and skills. The biggest change for educators is in deciding to share the role that has traditionally been individual to share the goals, the decisions, the classroom instruction, responsibility for students, the assessments of students, learning, problem solving, and classroom management. The teachers must begin to think of it as our class and our students instead of your class and my kids. However, although these two entities share goals, decisions, instruction, and responsibility for students, making the most of a team teaching structure can often be difficult especially if one of the parties is hesitant to collaborate. Before we get into my eight ways to collaborate together, let's look at some of the reasons special education teachers and general education teachers are hesitant to try to make these partnerships work. First, let's focus on the general education teachers. 
I found throughout the years that it seems like the general education teacher is hesitant to give up control, and that is the reason the collaboration doesn't work. But through lots of observations and trial and error, it isn't necessarily about them not wanting to give up control. It's more about the fear of the unknown. Not knowing how to support special learners, not knowing how to modify curriculum, not knowing different teaching techniques that work best with an individual student. The majority of general education teachers want the students who have special learning needs in their classrooms, but they are scared because they don't feel prepared. And when the special education teacher is the one who's hesitant to work collaboratively, well, that falls more to trust issues or a lack of trust, to be honest. Special educators often don't have faith that accommodations and modifications will be followed. They don't trust that a general education teacher will intervene when a student with special needs is struggling or being picked on. And the last reason both teachers are hesitant to work together collaboratively is because they believe doing so will be more work than they have time for. And although this reason sounds a bit petty on the surface, it's actually a valid concern. Our plates are full, very full. But when we make collaborating a priority by putting it on the calendar, it soon becomes a systemic process that doesn't feel like it's just one more thing to get done. So in order to get past the fear and the trust issues that each side is experiencing, I have identified eight ways for the two teachers to collaborate effectively within a school year to best meet the needs of their students. Number one is to hold an initial meeting. At the very beginning of the year, you must take time to meet with a general education teacher or teachers of your students. This is where you'll share names, important information, IEP dates, schedules, etc. It gives the teachers enough information to get started, but it is just that, a starting point to a full year of collaboration. Using a form called an IEP at a glance gives the teacher something concrete to take with them that is not as overwhelming as a full copy of the IEP. The IEP system that my district uses will print a shorter version of the IEP called a snapshot for the general education teacher, but I prefer to give them an even shorter version that is organized in an easy-to-read format. And you can find this form in my free resource library at spedprepacademy.com slash resource library. Number two is to clearly communicate. I know you've heard me say this before, but a significant challenge of collaboration is frequent and regular communication. That's my favorite piece of advice in all my years of teaching is to clearly communicate. Having open lines of communication with the regular education teachers you work with is essential to the process. The needs of the students and the demands of the curriculum are in constant flux. The two teachers must exchange information so that both are fully advised. The means of this communication can be varied. The use of technology allows us to communicate more expediently However, I urge you and I caution you to communicate in person as often as you can because the tone of the message can be very misconstrued through an email or a text. So put it on your weekly calendar of who you need to communicate with and what needs to be communicated so that it doesn't get overlooked. Number three, deliberately schedule. Take note of your general education teacher's plan times and deliberately schedule times to talk about student progress needs, behaviors, etc. Use Paris to cover for you when these short meetings happen. If you don't get them on the books now, they most likely won't happen. And then when the time comes for the IEP, you will not have the detailed data you need. Meeting weekly is optimal, but at least meet with them in person monthly, if not bi-monthly. Number four, have an agenda. When you meet with a general education teacher, be respectful of their time. You are not there to co-blaborate. You're there to collaborate. 
There is a time and a place for chit-chat, but this isn't it. Come with a short agenda about what will be discussed. Brainstorm ways to fix problems, give suggestions, and be a good listener. And always follow up with the conversation later, either through an email or another meeting. Another form in my free resource library called the Teacher Input Form gives you an outline of what to talk about. Number five, document. I know what you're thinking. We already document enough. Is it really necessary to document when we talk to the teachers too? Yes. It doesn't have to be difficult or lengthy, but I highly recommend that you do it. I have a binder that has a section for each student. So simply hole punch your notes page from each time you meet with a teacher and stick it in the notebook. You work in a position where it is your responsibility to convey the information of the IEP to the general education staff. You are the primary provider for that child's education. If a parent or an administrator were ever to ask you a question relating to collaborating with teachers, all you have to do is pull out the notebook. Fingers crossed you will never need the documentation, but it's there just in case. Number six, set goals as a team. The ultimate goal of special education is to help the child become as independent as possible and make progress in the general education curriculum. The general education teacher has knowledge of the general ed scope and sequence, how the student with disabilities performs in the general education context, how the student interacts with their peers, the pace of the class, the other students, the dynamics of the class, and approaches for teaching the class as a whole. It is important for general education teachers to know that their input is critical to the IEP, both for the present levels and goal development. So don't be afraid to ask their opinion on ideas for goals. They will have a pretty good idea of what the child can and cannot do in comparison to their other students. Number seven, attend PD together. I don't know about you, but in my district, we get professional development deluxe. If we are interested in attending a training and it's within driving distance, we very seldom get told no. We just have to demonstrate how it will benefit our students. General education teachers need that training just as much, if not more, than we do. They don't have the background we do to begin with. They most likely had one course in college called Exceptional Child that just barely touched on what to expect when you have a child with a disability in your classroom. Take your teachers with you to professional development trainings for behavior, autism, and anything else you feel would be useful. Or if you're feeling really brave, put together your own PD for your school or district. And number eight, give and take. Generally speaking, the general education teacher is considered the content expert and the special education teacher is considered the expert on adapting that content. When collaborating, both teachers should be comfortable with a give and take model of exchanging ideas. This may mean that colleagues make suggestions that cross over into another teacher's area of expertise, and that's okay. Having an open mind and not assuming that another teacher is trying to tell you how to do your job will serve you well when trying to collaborate. In addition, points of view regarding student needs and how to meet those needs can differ drastically from teacher to teacher. Personal experiences, generational gaps, and knowledge of special education can influence one's opinions regarding services, goals, present levels, etc. Be cognizant about the way you handle differing opinions. Respect your colleagues' views as professionals. So that's it, the eight ways I work with general education teachers in order to build a successful working relationship. When a collaborative teaching model between special education and general education works, when we act with intention and focus in order to capitalize on each other's strengths and skills, the benefits for our students are endless, and our kids deserve nothing less. 
I hope you found this information beneficial. Make sure you head over to spedprepacademy.com slash resource library, where you can get access to those free forms and so much more. Thank you for sticking with me until the end. I can tell you are just as dedicated to the field of special education as I am, and you want to grow into an amazing educator. And I'm here for it. I'm here for you. And I am so thrilled to be able to share all my wisdom of being a veteran SPED teacher on the SPED Prep Academy podcast. If you are enjoying this podcast and would like to receive acknowledgement right here on the show, please leave a review on iTunes. They give an instant boost to my ego and they help others find the podcast as well. So if you liked what you heard today and you realized you have found your SPED soulmate, please subscribe and then head over to spedprepacademy.com slash podcast and sign up to be notified each time a new episode airs. Go out and have a great day and I'll catch you on the next episode.